Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, what about that cash flow? That is a serious pain in any one of our sides. And you know the, the difficult thing about this? It's always the thing that we look at last. Number one, because it's damn scary if we don't get it right. And number two, sometimes it can just be hard to face up to the fact that we've got it wrong. But it's possibly the single most important factor in any small business. And this is the issue that we're going to define, challenge and conquer today. How you can stay on top of your cash flow and grow your small business as a result. Now, you know me, I like to interview people who know what they're talking about. And this is completely in the wheelhouse of this interviewee today. Someone who has created a fantastic product, someone who continues to change the world of small business finance. It gives me great, great pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Garrett Turner from Zero. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for inviting me along. It's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure. Now, we've met we met in passing at the Business Networking Show, and we've got some mutual friends. So I know a little bit about you guys, and I actually use Zero in the business. But for the guys listening out there that don't know you, Gary, just tell them a little bit about your background and a little bit about what Zero does and you know where you are today. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. We are, so I guess, first off the bat, I mean, accounting software, historically, probably one of the most uh, potentially boring categories of software. I mean, you think of software as being this cool, cutting edge of technology thing, and um, and accounting uh, is definitely uh, something that a lot of businesses think of as being a, a bit of a necessary evil or a chore. And so the combination of technology and accounting doesn't seem that compelling. But actually, um, uh, it's what I've been personally spending the uh, best part of the last 20 years of my career working in. And it's not so much the accounting part of it um, that I, I find attractive or interesting about this space. It's actually what, um, if you get accounting right, and actually if you get accounting right, accounting should just kind of disappear into the background and enable you to get on with running your business. And so although it's accounting and although zero is, 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 is by definition software that you would use to do invoicing and bookkeeping and bank reconciliation on, which are all pretty ordinary aspects of running a business, well, where I get a real buzz um, uh, in, in my role as managing director here is just like seeing customers or hearing from customers telling us how we just enable them to go on with running their business. and we, we, we make the accounting part almost go away. Um, they know where they are. They know how much money they've got in the bank. They're getting paid on time. And that just frees them up to go and follow their passion or do whatever, whatever it was they set up in business to do. And so uh, we think that the accounting software um, perhaps historically has had a bit of a bad reputation, but it's actually really kind of look at the lifeblood of um of, of lots of, of all businesses not just lots of businesses and i've been um uh, helping kind of build zero up for the last six nearly seven years um uh, as we've made this transition into uh, looking for cloud software is the big thing in the last 10 years i guess and and zero's um um probably one of the first and one of the biggest cloud accounting software companies now but i've been in, in accounting software 
um, and then in the related small business space for about twenty years, Microsoft and a couple of other startups before that. You're right. What you're saying about the uh, the marriage between technology and accounting not often producing a beautiful child, and that that is a an interesting point to make. Because using zero myself, you seem to have hit the mission statement directly because. Every I don't know every week I go in and I spend about ten minutes in 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 the software and it it completely does its job for me, uh, which is one of the big benefits I think of any any software. So when you think back to kind of the early days of Zero, how did you guys approach this? I'm really keen to dig into that developmental side for a second. How did you guys approach solving this problem and making you know what is effectively a more sexy yet really really useful cloud accounting piece of software? How did you approach that in the in the early days? So I think it started with um, a vision for the cloud. You know, so if you think about accounting and, and business software and financial software and invoicing, it's quite a data-intensive part of running a business. You've got lots of information flowing around. You've got invoices. You've got bank transactions. You've got lots of information that you need to keep hold of. And whilst the PC generation was was kind of interesting and introduced everybody to technology for the first time in a practical way in a business context. Um, it didn't really do a great job of handling all of that data, uh, particularly well, um, because it would be on my hard disk, not your hard disk. And if you're my accountant or bookkeeper, you have to drive to my office or I have to back it up and send it to you as a zip file. And it was, it was fine for the individual user, but it wasn't fine for collaboration. And if there's anything that, that small businesses sometimes need help on, it's it's finances and tax returns and getting your accounts in order. And so the vision was that actually the cloud could change that. And the cloud, if done properly and applied properly to a business problem, um, could possibly transform the job of accounting and bookkeeping and running a business more than any other application of cloud. So we get cloud for lots of things, storing files and photos and, and, and email and things. But I think our belief was that actually the, the arrival of the cloud uh, presented a much more interesting solution to this age-old problem of managing your books and your accounting. And so that was the initial vision. And then once we'd kind of cottoned onto that, it was a case of, right, if we think, therefore, that cloud accounting is this next real huge opportunity to build a business, clearly, but to deliver real value to businesses. How do we do that? Literally started with a blank sheet of paper. I mean, so that our, our, our chief technology officer, officer today is a guy called Craig Walker. He was our first employee. And there's kind of folklore in, in the business where we have on our social network internally. There's photos of Craig at his kitchen table writing the first few lines of zero. And right next to him, there was the uh, accounting for dummies book <laughs> because he wasn't an accountant. And, and I think what we brought to this kind of party in the early days was a real, um, some would argue naivety, but others would say lack of, um, subjectivity and we're very objective about well how do we build if we were starting as we are from a blank sheet of paper to build this new cloud accounting experience for people how what would that be like how would how would that be cool what would we do differently and so we didn't have the baggage of 10 20 30 years of what accounting software should be to kind of um get in the way and we literally started with a blank sheet of paper and so a lot of the ideas that you see in zero come from that innocence almost that that preparedness to like just start from scratch and build it rather than try to rehash what had been there before and and it turns out if you do that well people like it 
um, and and we've got one of our quotes way back at the beginning was, you know, somebody would say, I'd, I'd rather have root canal treatment than do my bank rec in my accounting software. And we thought, well, if people have such a low threshold of expectation for what accounting software should be, what if we were able to do a pretty good job? Then that should be usually transformational and we might be able to make some money out of that. And so that was the initial vision. The cloud was a real kind of game changer. Um, using that, could we build something really fresh and exciting and new and vibrant that didn't have any of the baggage of old accounting software? And if we did that well, we might, we might sell a few. And that was really the vision. I think it's fantastic to come at it from that very subjective approach. I think the very often when you see new software that is really disruptive, it is approached like that. It's approached from this area of innocence where it's just, well, this is a problem. Let's just fix it. You know, and I think that's really, really interesting. I think that is, we live in an age of that occurring more and more and more now. So it's fantastic to see that you pioneered that in this kind of field, in, in a, a really dry field. You know, at the end of the day, we there's no illusion that the bank wreck is just no fun ordinarily. No. So no, I think that's fantastic. And let's talk cash flow then, Gary. So let's talk about, you know, the problems that small business owners generally face when it comes to cash flow. So obviously in the early days of developing Zero, you must have identified issues that these small business owners face when it comes to getting the cash in and managing that, that you then set out to achieve. So what were some of those issues? What What cropped up more and more the further you looked into it? So I think, I mean, so cash flow is one of these chronic long-term topics in business. You know what I mean? You hear cash is king and you hear of all these little kind of um, um, maxims and, and ca- I mean, cash flow is just probably the dominant topic in, in, in the world of business and kind of business management. And so I think it's a bit daunting, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're setting up in business, um, perhaps in the first first few months of the first year, you don't actually know if your business is going to work out. Uh, perhaps you've been made redundant and you're setting up a business to become self-employed just to put food on the table. So you're doing it out of necessity or you're setting it up because you want to scratch an itch and go and do something for yourself. And you, you don't know. And Not many businesses set out with a big, bold, confident kind of vision for what the first two years are going to be like. And it's largely speculative. And that leaves a lot of people to just run the first few months on their own kind of personal bank account. And then all of a sudden they're mixing up business and personal cash and it becomes quite emotive. You know what I mean? Because it's, I'm trying to build a business and I'm trying to get money in, but it's my money and I can't feed my kids and I can't put food on the table if I don't get paid. And all of a sudden that becomes a real problem for a lot of business owners in the first few months because nobody's actually ever um, giving them probably any advice about how to get money in. So it's emotive, it's a big subject, and and we are probably perhaps a bit too reserved culturally in the UK to give people too hard a time, especially if you're at the early stages of a relationship with a customer. And so I think there's a there's a kind of baggage attached to, to cash flow and to cash flow management. I think also what we saw is a, a lot of the conversation tends to be about getting your suppliers to pay you. I mean, see, you 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 jump from the subject of cash flow and cash flow problems to it's usually always couched in terms of people take it too too long to pay, Um, and what can we do to get our money in more quickly, and how can we get our suppliers to pay us more quickly, and it's and it's rarely is is the is the lens actually applied to what can I do um, to get my invoicing out more quickly because if if my suppliers are taking me. 30 days and best case and maybe 60 days or longer to pay me 
then that's a problem that software might be able to help me with. But if I'm actually taking two weeks to get the bill out in the first place, then I'm actually adding two weeks to my problem uh, to start with. And so what we see is a lot of business owners are busy just serving their customers, um, running their business, driving around and, and doing their accounting and getting their billing out isn't perhaps always the top priority. So we looked at how can we help them how can we give them tools or technology to help them get their invoicing out the day you deliver a job for somebody, the day you've delivered goods or services? How can we compress that time between you delivering the work and, and getting the invoice into your customer's hands? Uh, and actually that in itself can make quite a big difference to cash flow. So um, raising an invoice on your mobile phone when you're in the car park of your customer, not a week on Sunday when you've got some free time to catch up with your paperwork. And so part, I think a big part of the problem is getting money in from customers. Um, but actually, one of the kind of um, dirty little secrets that lots of small businesses don't often talk about is that they're not great at getting the invoicing out of themselves and getting getting get, getting them the, the, the paperwork in front of the customers so that they can pay them. So we, we see some of that stuff happening. Um, but I think there's definitely a, a, an onus on how can we help our customers get their customers to pay more readily and we've got a few things there's lots of guides there's lots of resources online um but we think it starts with actually just getting on top of it and keeping your books up to date and there's a there's a couple of other things we can perhaps talk about do you think there's some kind of societal etiquette based issue or maybe some kind of confidence linked issue around that whole okay, I've left my client's building, I'm in the car park, I'm going to send the invoice. Do you think many people in the early stages of business kind of feel bad around just instantly sending that invoice? You know, as if we we just for some reason should give people extra grace. Do you think that's a problem? Uh, possibly. I, I think largely it's that people don't think about it too much. You, know, we, we, you start a business and people say, well, we should give you 60 days or we should give you 30 days because that's what the, the customer says. Well, that's, that's our terms. And you're, you're, you've just started off in business and perhaps you're just going with the flow and you say, okay, fine. You're just grateful to get the business. You're not really thinking about getting the money in. And so there's possibly a, a societal aspect to it. But I think actually if you ask a, a customer to pay you, on your terms, or at least have the conversation, then if they're a good customer, you might be surprised. They might go, yeah, fine, we'll pay you half up front and the rest on seven days or 30 days or whatever. And I think a, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs in those early days are perhaps a little scared to to kind of ask a, a, an awkward question. But you don't have to be um, awkward about it. You can still be polite. And, and say, look, these are our terms. And bear in mind that you're delivering a great value, a great service to your customer, and 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 they, you're entitled to be paid for it. And if you've done a good job, you should be paid for it as quickly as you can get them to pay you. So I think it's a confidence thing. And, and again, in the first few months or a couple of years of setting up a business, you're learning that stuff as you go. And and um, unless you're a kind of certified member of the Institute of Credit Management or something like that, and you set up a, a business, you're probably not going to be very good at um, having those conversations to start with. Yeah, it can feel uncomfortable, can't it? You, you do have to get comfortable just broaching the subject. And I like the point that you made there around, you know, asking people to to pay on your terms. And you may be surprised at actually what you get back from that. Because most people in business, they're not naive. They know that we're there to do business. You know, there's no harm in saying, listen, this is what I need to keep this business running and to keep the service at the level that you've come to expect. So I think there's something really, really important in that. And 
one of the things that I kind of want to dig into, and this may sound like a very obvious question, but I think when you dig into it, there are other things that come out of it. The question is, if we don't get on top of this, if we don't get on top of cash flow, what are some of the effects that it can not only have that we are plainly going to expect, but what are some of the other effects that it can have on our business? What does what do the symptoms look like if we get this wrong? So, I mean, oh, there, there's the ultimate um, threat of failure. I mean, you you get to the point where you have no cash to keep to keep your business running, and you and you have to fold it. So, there's the kind of ultimate. Um, um, failure of the business if you don't if, if, if cash flow problems kind of spiral out of control but actually it, it's even if if you manage to get money in and you, you keep the business going what you're doing is you're kind of restricting um, your ability to invest in the growth of your business you know so cash flow is vital and not just for the survival of a business, but for the growth of a business. You know, if you have an opportunity to open up a new product or a new service line or move into a new area or somebody really good comes onto the market and you want to hire them and it's a really key new thing for your business, you, you have to have the cash as a buffer to help you make those opportunistic decisions as well as acting as a buffer through some of the harder times because you'll have good months and you'll have bad months. And and having cash flow and having that 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 vibrancy and security in your business on a month to month basis not only makes you feel less stressed, but it means you can take advantage of opportunities as they emerge, the right time to invest, and you've got the capital there. Or if you have a a lean quarter, and um, depending on your industry, there might be some seasonality there that impacts the way that your business performance trends throughout the year, and having a good buffer of cash is key to get through that stuff as well. So it's about long-term survival ultimately, but it's also about growth and um, and not being too stressed and enjoying being in business. And you don't set up in business to worry about managing your cash flow. You set up because you are passionate about something. And so getting it out of the way and letting you focus on growing your business is a, is a real benefit of keeping on top of cash. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. And I love the idea about the, the the reinvestment as well. I think that's something that, especially when you think really, really kind of small businesses, you know, the one to maybe five man enterprises, that often gets overlooked. It, it very much becomes about paying the wages and getting from one week to the next and one month to the next. And you, you, you don't realize that you can't invest until an opportunity knocks on your door and you miss it, you know, which is a crying shame. So I think that's, again, a really fantastic point. Now, Gary, usually... We have three fantastic actionable tips to help people, but I know that you've put together five. So we're actually going to switch gear a little bit and just move into the actionable takeaways section of the show. So for anyone that is struggling with small business finance, small business cash flow, what are the five things that they can do to help overcome that issue today? So let's dig into the first actionable tip, please, sir. So the first one would be um, as, as difficult and as choresome as it may seem, keeping on top of your accounts and your books and keeping them as accurate and and uh, frequently updated as possible is a, is probably the most important thing. You know, because you, if you've if it's been a couple of weeks or possibly longer since you last looked at your accounts, um, you've been so busy in your business, you're you're out there kind of fighting the good fight and not keeping on top of things because you're busy doing good stuff then it's easy for things to get out of hand quite quickly when it comes to um, who's paid you, who's not paid you, who you owe money to. So keeping on top of your accounts and, and keeping your books accurate and up to date is probably the most important thing. Um, and you then, you, you know, every morning 
every day where you stand and, and, and if you're in a good position or a bad position for many businesses, it's a kind of, it's an unhappy and an unwelcome kind of event. Like three weeks later, you realize you've, you're running out of cash and you should have noticed it sooner. So keeping on top of things. The second one would be just what we kind of discussed a few minutes ago is don't be too lenient with your customers. So be direct and be fair, but don't be a pushover. Um, you can be um, clear about what your terms are at the beginning. Um, if you ask for better payment terms from your customers, then chances are you might get them. If you don't ask, you're not going to get them. So don't be too lenient and don't just go with the flow. Um, you, you, your business, in order to, to, to continue to supply your customer with great service or great products, you need to be paid for that. And so uh, be clear about that. Um, and if people are kind of, uh, stringing you along, then don't again take too long to kind of escalate that up to to um, the kind of next degree of some kind of formal um, uh, reminder process or, or 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 kind of ultimately if it's a really kind of long debt, then then the threat of going legal can sometimes focus people. So don't be too lenient. Um, being paid is 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 uh, conducive to your business's survival and your ability to service your customers. So be clear about that. Um, another one would be um, make sure you keep your accounting and your books as simple as possible. A lot of businesses can get quite complicated uh, if you've got different ways of recording who owes you money and where, where and who you owe money to and perhaps you've got different accounts with different suppliers depending on what kind of industry you're in. And all of a sudden, things can get quite complicated, especially if you're kind of what many businesses are like is kind of like running on spreadsheets and running on different bits and Evernote for project management and spreadsheets for debtor management. And all of a sudden, it just becomes overwhelming. And so if you can, keep it simple. Sometimes um, just some advice from an accountant or a bookkeeper checking in every couple of months or, or more frequently, depending on what, how, how many transactions you have going through, can just keep you on track. You can have a bookkeeper come in or an accountant just keep on top of things. That's really good uh, with cloud software because they can come in remotely and do your bookkeeping for you. You couldn't really do that before. Um, so keep, keep things simple. Um, is that great saying? Kiss, keep it simple. Uh, stupid, um, and that, that's a really obvious one. Per, relates to lots of things in business, not just book, bookkeeping and cash flow. Um, another area that people struggle with is um, they mix up their personal and business accounts because you set up in business, you didn't know what was going to happen. Two years later, you're still paying your business expenses at your personal bank account. You're therefore paying your personal expenses at your business bank account, and it becomes a right old mess really, really quickly and can compromise you personally as well if all of a sudden one of your suppliers takes a big direct debit payment out of your personal bank account and you're trying to do your weekly shop at Sainsbury's. So um, we think it's essential to, if you can, keep your business and personal finances separately and then you'll know very clearly how much money your business has got and how much money you've got in the bank to, to do what you need to do um, um, lifestyle. Um, and then finally was the, the last thing we spoke about just as I started this list is if you can is build up a cash reserve, build a buffer up. It can, I mean, it can make or break your business if you don't have that buffer, you don't have a, a float there 
um, to kind of see you through the rough times and to obviously take up opportunities as they come. And so having that cash reserve gives you a cushion to manage those unexpected events and just gives you confidence that your business is in good shape and you're not worried about where the next job or the next order is going to come from. And it just takes some of the, the heat out of it. Um, and so, yeah, so pretty straightforward stuff, really. There's nothing, uh, nothing particularly revolutionary in that list. Kind of common sense, uh, focus on getting the basics right and doing a little loft and we'll keep, keep the wool from the door. That's a very interesting point. I like that. The, do a little often. Do you find that, and I think we're all guilty of this, do you find that it's still, accounting is still one of those things that we just do at the year end, you know, that, that whole kind of mental image of a box of receipts thrown through the accountant's door and then, you know, jump in a car and off you, off you screech again. Do, do people still work like that in your experience? Is that, is that an issue still? I think they do uh, a lot of the time. I think what we see, um, certainly speaking to people that use products like Zero, is that, um, I mean, so we, we can do some analysis and I think the average number of bank statement lines that a small business is, um, like a really small business would be doing on a daily basis is maybe five or six. So actually, how long does it take you to do a reconciliation of five transactions on your smartphone in a coffee shop or on the bus or when the minute you get to the office? You know what I mean? It probably takes you two or three minutes. But you can also see what's come in and you know where you are versus not doing a bank wreck for a month. And all of a sudden, you're trying to find paperwork. You've lost track. You can't remember which transactions were which. And it and soon becomes like this massive problem where people are kind of wheeling around with this like Tesco shopping bags full of paperwork and a huge backlog. And so we see people that get ahead of the game and just like invest maybe five or 10 minutes every morning. Um, and, and we try to make that as pleasurable experience as possible, whether it's on your phone or on your, your PC or tablet. Pays huge dividends because it means you know where you stand. Uh, your accountant or bookkeeper can actually give you a, a forecast of what your tax liability might be halfway through the year. I mean, for a lot of people, they find out how much tax they owe in January just as they're submitting their tax return. And that's like the worst of both worlds. Not only is it like a, a surprise that you owe the tax man two grand, um, you've got to find the money as well. You got, well, where am I going to find two grand like by tomorrow night um, just to pay my tax bill? And, and getting ahead of it and, and doing this kind of little often thing means that um, if you invite a bookkeeper or an accountant in, you know that halfway through the tax year, you're having a great year, Mark. Your, your, your business is really growing. And actually, we think you're going to end up with a bit of a tax liability in January. And we can either invest in the business and try to kind of work that down, or we can set some money aside to pay that bill. And it's just, it's just logical common sense. But I think Lots of businesses are still working on that, kind of carting around bags worth of invoices and paperwork and expenses, and they'll lose some. Um, it wouldn't be the first time somebody's found a, a hotel bill from like two years ago in a, in a jacket they haven't worn for two years and think, oh, if only I'd actually um, been able to claim that as a business expense, I would have done. And so it's get on top of it. It's not hard. Uh, you can get low-cost software like Zero, like for a few pence a day, get you some really cool tools to help you get on top of that problem. Your business will be better for it. Uh, you'll you'll have a much better position on where your money's going. You'll get ahead of your tax, and uh, and hopefully you'll be you'll be a happier business as a result. Fantastic stuff, Gary. Honestly, that has been a really really enjoyable chat. I know it sounds really 
kind of fundamental that we should be on top of cash flow. But the thing that baffles me is that <laughs> we just all say that we're so, so busy. And it, it, for some reason, it's often the thing that we overlook. So I've really enjoyed just chatting through that and kind of, you know, bring, bringing myself back into that mindset as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And just before we stick a pin in it, where can people find both you and Zero online, please? So we are. Um, so we have the worst name for podcasts <laughs> um, because it's zero with an X. So it's x e r o dot com. Um, I've no idea what you get if you go to z e r o, but um, uh, we're not on that. We're a zero with an X. So that's x e r o dot com. And if you go to there, you can you can play with zero. You can sign up for a trial. It's free. You can mess around with it and see what it feels like uh we're also uh on social media we're at zero again so that's at xero and uh, happy to answer any questions and you can get a feel for what the zero community is like we have over a hundred thousand businesses in the uk on zero now um which i think makes us the market leader in cloud account we're over six hundred thousand around the world and so there's a huge community of of zero customers and, and members of the community on social media and then i'm uh, at gary turner that's g-a-r-y turner t-u-r-n-e-r on twitter and i'm um, happy to answer any questions or point people in the right direction there super stuff gary thank you so much sir. that's been a fantastic chat thank you Guys, thank you also for spending this 30 minutes with us. And listen, don't forget, if you missed anything, if you missed anything at all, one of Gary's five tips or any of the links, everything will be at excellence-expected.com, where you can pick up one of a range of free business resources to get you across any particular hurdle. So check it out, guys. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for tuning in. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Thank you.